Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I am Shad, here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you? Uh, doing good, Shad. Doing good. I'm glad to hear it. And you know what? Everybody out there who's getting this in your ear holes right now, I'm glad you're listening. I don't know if you're listening the week it dropped. I don't know if you're going through the archives, but I'm glad you're listening anyway. Uh, so, last week, well, we did current event stuff, and we were kind of on a on a contemporary kick so what we decided to do was keep the, the contemporary thing rolling and just have a discussion about what we thought our contemporary uh, top fives were. Kind of going back a little high-fidelity reference with it. Top five working wrestlers today that – your top five, your personal, these are the folks I like seeing work the most. But in pondering on this – I decided that I would make myself broaden out because if I came up with my regular top five, then you would say, oh, he's just an AEW fanboy. And it's like I wanted to make myself branch out a little bit more than that. Um, and so I did. And uh, I made myself have uh, a, at least one pick from WWE and New Japan as well to go in on this. Um Brad posited that, hey, there's other places that you could pick from as well, but I am not familiar enough with them to draw a pick from those. But I think what we're going to do is we're going to – we will s remark which company they are from and then who it is just in case there's any question about it. Um, that sound fair, guys? Yeah, I think it's fair. All right. So, um, I guess the question is, where do we want to start from? Do we want to start from me being the, the basic one of this, or do we want to start with Brad's granular approach? Uh, I mean, you kind of like came up with this concept, so I think you oh, should go. I go to the wolves first. All right, I yeah. understand. <laughs> so, what I'm doing is I'm – at least these first three, I am offering – in no particular order. They are, for me, they're on the same tier. I love seeing these guys wrestle. And yes, also, I will admit, I do not have any women listed on my in my list. It is not because I don't think they can work. It's not because I don't think they're capable. It's just there haven't been any that have I have enjoyed watching as much as I've enjoyed watching the people that are on my list. There's kind of a dearth of good north american women's wrestling right now too mm -hmm. so it's yeah um so the first uh the first uh i've got on my list right here 
And if you listen to this for any stretch of time, this is not going to surprise you. But the first one on my contemporary list is going to be John Moxley. The guy has been a workhorse. The guy has picked up the pieces whenever things have fallen apart in AEW and just picked it up and run with it and made it work and been not just entertaining and good in the ring, but consistently so. And keeps finding new – he's got you know his spots he likes to hit in every match. He likes hitting the King Kong Lariat. He, like, he has the Death Rider finish. He has the Bulldog Choke. He's got – he and uh, Daniel Bryan both do the wrist control stomps. And stuff, but he keeps finding new ways and new things to do, and he keeps mixing it up, and he keeps doing different stuff. And his passion for doing this shines through, even though he keeps doing things that I'm like, I really wish you wouldn't do that. But he just keeps wanting to do stuff in wrestling, and so he does. And he he knows what he's doing. He's a capable professional, and it looks good. Pausing for comments here because I don't want to just talk for 20 minutes solid. I think he's had a solid. particularly good year. Um, I don't think he's like the – he doesn't have like that same – like last year at this time he was like I think a huge star level guy. And this year he's kind of settled a step or two back, but I feel like the quality of his work has been top notch. Oh, absolutely. Like he – I think he – he clearly, like, I think, stepped back intentionally. Um, but I mean, again, like we we talked about this before. Like uh, we, we can talk about it now. It's like John Moxley is, I would argue, is AEW's ace. Mm-hmm. Um, he's obviously been a heel most of this year, so it's like it's it's you can't really it's t- it's in in the traditional sense you can't be like the quote unquote ace of the company as a heel. Uh, it's more like the face, a face is like the, the the ace of the company, but like there are arguably not that many people, like a handful of guys, but there are not that many more people who are more important to the company than John Moxley. And John Moxley has been there since 2019, uh, and has only improved his uh, his status in the company and the things that he, the contributions he's done, like not just his when he was champion or champion multiple times. But behind the scenes stuff, uh, he apparently like gives a lot of training and mentorship to people. Like he, he's obviously a huge star, but he's also like, he, that's a guy like I, I'm so glad that he's actually with AEW because it's like if AEW wants to prosper, you need guys who are like invested in the company and invested in wrestling, and that's him. Uh, he just obviously loves it. Like the the guy like will go and do death matches for like indie promotions yeah. just because he loves yeah. wrestling and he he thinks it's like it's fascinating and he wants to do it. I like to it's think like that you, he you went a guy on, like that invest in your company. Mm-hmm. I like to think that he went on some pilgrimage to an ancient monastery to learn how to do the bed of nails <laughs> thing he did for the <laughs> yeah. blood and guts. Yeah. I, I uh, let's uh let's actually give like the not she's not an the ace, but the true long-suffering person in AEW is really uh, Frenet Paquette. Yeah. <laughs> it's just who has to her husband bleed and do horrible things to himself. Uh, she did get forty week, bucks for the carnival though for her and Dan Houses yeah. to spend. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, that that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. And then 
dovetailing off of that is going to at, at the time of recording these guys are are linked together is the person i would say is the other ace of aew um a guy who started with a gimmick that uh, everybody looked at and was like eh, this isn't gonna to the gimmick evolving over time but the guy just being an absolute monster of a workhorse he is over like crazy and has proved it to everybody except for the people that don't watch his matches so they can keep criticizing him you still criticize him for things he hasn't done in like two and a half years yep i'm talking about orange cassidy you know what's uh, fascinating orange about Ca- the orange cassidy character to me is if you watch mm-hmm. all of his AEW matches like you actually see him like it's something that's very specific to him, like where you'll see like he'll have a match with someone and he'll get destroyed by some move. And then they'll have a match like four months later and they go to do that move again. And then he like avoids it. Yeah. And there's been this yeah, whole journey he, of him as a wrestler. I have made it and I think that it's I actually I'll stand by it and I'll defend this argument is that he has by far the most compelling character in all of AEW and like it's kind of like subtle and low-key but he to me does have the most compelling character because when he started he he was obviously doing like heavily character gimmick related where it's like it's sloth king of sloth style like he just goes up there and does a bare minimum it's like of course like the infamous spot that's all on wrestling twitter at least that keeps popping up every now and again it's like him doing the the uh the sloth kicks to sting and Sting, like, giving it back. <laughs> Sting's doing the sloth, like, chest thing. eating his chest. Yeah. Uh, things like that. It's, like, it's pure comedy. And all the way from, like, he's starting basically as a comedy character, all the way to... He literally, one day, maybe it was, like, around the time he, like, won the international championship. But not a while back, he literally was like, all right, fine, I'll, like, try now. Like, just nonchalantly said that. And has, in the last year become such an insane workhorse. I mean, he's always a great worker. For the people who uh, uh, saw his work uh, as Fire Ant uh, in Chikara, like, you know, like, he's he was just, he was always a great worker. I he's watched great. him on a show for Chikara. They were in some building that had these big steel beams, and he mm-hmm. literally shimmied up one of these steel beams and, like, jumped on everyone. I, I've seen that spot. Yeah, I think you shared it with me and Chad. Uh, yeah. it, it, it's amazing to watch because it's like it's like a girder like and he's scaling it like it's nothing like he's climbing a ladder like easily yeah and it's it's not uh, something that's built to be scaled no like the and and there's nothing else to, to chalk it up to like the fact that he is just a ridiculously athletic person even though he's not uh in the grand scheme of things if you if you grew up in like 80s 90s wrestling like he's not like bulked up giant big dude he's not what you would traditionally think of a as a wrestler per se, like yeah, and and if, if back in the day, like he would, he would at best be like a light heavyweight. Like he's not a big dude. If you it, watch him on the floor as lava, like he doesn't make it, but like anything he does, like the balance stuff, he has like no problem. Like he makes the yeah. course look trivial. He, he is, does. He's got the, I was going to go with what you said, Matt. He is not bulked up and big. He has more like a gymnast build, and there is no way on the planet you're going to tell me they're not strong. They're just not bulky, and that's that's what 
Orange Cassidy has. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I uh, no, no. I mean, he's he's. I don't know if it's like he has a background gymnastics, but it's like he's clearly like he's incredibly athletic, and he clearly like some of the stuff he does. Like, and, and this is stuff that's true of like a lot of guys who can do lucha or uh, lucha resu, which is what Shikara was known for. In other, in other like spots like that, like he clearly like is very gymnastic orientated. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's someone who like. He's amazing that he he people like the card kind of got wonky in 2022 because of injuries, mm-hmm. but people raved about Forbidden Door 2022, and one of the things they raved about was his match with Will Ospreay. And I don't particularly like Will Ospreay. There are people who think Will Ospreay is the greatest wrestler slash worker in wrestling today. It's like I I would have issues with that. We could debate about that, but I I would say I would not argue that Will Ospreay is bad. Like, I, there are things I don't like about Will Ospreay, and that's where the debate comes in. But I uh, Will Ospreay, I think he's bad. Well, I don't know that I would say that, but I do think he's... I, I, was, I would argue he's good. His inst- he, he, is very, like he is very athletically gifted, but his yes. instincts for wrestling are absolute fucking dog shit. That's fair. <laughs> and when left to his uh, own devices, he will do the dumbest thing possible at all times and as much fair. as people don't like bald he still did nothing wrong when he smacked the shit out of him in their match <laughs> yeah, yeah he chopped he chopped the hell out of him but but uh, people who think people think that osprey and cassidy had match of the night uh at forbidden door 2022 and i don't know that i would agree with that but i also wouldn't say like oh you're out of line like i it yeah. certainly was a great match and it's not just because oh will osprey is great it's like no, Cassidy is amazing. I would say and he's had then, match of the year. There, I, I'm I'm gonna say Moxley Orange Cassidy from a couple well, days ago was yeah. See that right, my match of the year right now. It's, that match it's, right there. I'm sorry, Matt. Go ahead. I uh, I'm I think I cut you off, but uh, I would agree. I just, I just generally agree. Like it's that right there. It's like if you had any misgivings about Orange Cassidy, you need to watch that match because. Not only, I mean, you can say like, oh, well, Moxley's great, and he is. Like, he's great. Like, you can argue Moxley is like your wrestler of the year, and you can do that like any year in the last like three or four years. Like, you could say he's wrestler of the year, and he certainly should be in the con- like in the con- consideration in the con- uh, the conversation because he's amazing. But Orange Cassidy is incredible. Like, he has shown this international title reign how good he is. And like you said a minute ago, Brad, like it's subtle because it's like, okay, someone beat him, not for the title, obviously, but like someone beat him in a certain way or or he couldn't make something work for. It's like, okay, next time they face each other, like he's compensated for it. And it's like you have to really pay attention to what his matches are, the things he's been doing to to actually get that because it's super subtle. But it actually does like it's incredible. Like Like him beating him beating Pac was like. The culmination of like the entire history of them in AEW, because it was him finally getting one over on Pac, and yeah. he he suddenly got closer and closer each time they wrestled until he finally beat him. Another thing, first of all, that the match that Casty had with Mox had that moment where he started doing the 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 you know pockets kicks thing. But then it ramped up. It subverted the exact thing. So instead of it being like the, the lackadaisical, he started kicking the living crap out of Moxley. Like the progression in one spot showed. The other thing that I think people miss out on so much 
is how good of a at selling Orange Cassidy is. Orange Cassidy sells like a beast, and he doesn't oversell to make it look stupid. Orange Cassidy sells in such a way that you have this moment where you look at him and go, damn, dude, are, are you all right? Okay, he's good. But you have this moment where he gets hit, and you're just like, ah, okay, okay. You've got that, that – your disbelief is suspended based off of his selling, his even for just a moment. I don't think anyone does long-term selling better than he does. No, I don't think so. Because he, he like, because, like, let's say, because I watched the first Dynamite I went to, he wrestled Jay Lethal. And Jay Lethal, I think, was working his leg. And he would do stuff, but the leg hampered him the whole night, even if he was able to do mm-hmm. moves. Like, the leg played into, like, the rest of the match. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy who had... Since he won the international title, what, like 30, 31 defenses, and they were all quality matches. And elevated in, that title to where I – if you said what's the secondary title in AEW, it's the international title. Yeah, the, it absolutely is. Yeah. It, it's it, – the guy um, – he's spectacular. Um, the next one – on my list and this will finish my AEW picks is going to be the guy that makes you doubt for a second, whether or not he, uh, he knows that wrestling isn't a real fight. He brings so much realism to what he does. My God, I want to see Eddie Kingston have a run with the heavyweight title just once, just once Eddie Kingston. If you want to get down on Eddie Kingston and say, well, you know, his ring work is whatever. I say no. His ring work is perfectly in line with what it should be. Eddie Kingston delivers promos like nobody. Eddie Kingston, the closest comparison I have for Eddie Kingston, Eddie Kingston delivers promos like Terry Funk or Roddy Piper. And then Eddie Kingston goes out there and works like a guy, the wrestling equivalent of that one guy that everybody knows not to mess with, you know, at the bar or whatever, because you flip that switch. Yeah. He's maybe got a little extra weight to him or whatever, but you flip that switch and he goes off on you. I love watching Eddie Kingston. Um, I think he gets goat status. If he, um, if he, if he lures um, Kawada out of retirement for one last match. Oh, wow. I also think he, he gets a special place, too, because he is one of the very few guys of his era that does King's Road style as an American-trained wrestler and gets the point of it and how to do it properly. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh I I would so I I think I'm not gonna like when I when I make my picks if I choose any AEW guys like I'm not gonna redo guys okay. I I Orange and Eddie would have been on mine Orange is um, on mine yeah Eddie Eddie I've talked about um before but I think I would agree it's like there are so I I mean I'm a huge wrestling fan I've been watching wrestling now I was thinking like when I first got into wrestling like it was 92. Uh, so I'm like I'm now like a 31 year fan 
of wrestling and it's not as like i'm hardcore every year that 31 years like i've real life is like you know i've been doing real life stuff but and there have been times where like with any fandom it's like i've ebbed and flowed but i love i i it's something that i've literally my most of my life i've been a wrestling fan and in any given point in time like yeah i watch wrestling i'll always like kind of like keep up to date with what's going on uh there's even the times that i've not been that into it or i haven't actively watched a lot i've at least like kept up the date and be like oh what's happening like i've at least like been knowledgeable about what's happening if i wasn't like watching it to know like how it is how good it is like what people are necessarily doing besides just like reading about what they're doing like not watching it anyway like at any given point there are guys who i like there are also guys that invest me there's at least like a couple people who invest me in actually wrestling it's like I want to see whatever everything they're doing because they actually make me believe. They they make me suspend disbelief and buy into what they're doing. And there's never to me like that many guys. Not like oh, there's like 20 guys I'm like so invested in. No, it's usually like a handful of guys. But one of those handful of guys right now is Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston can literally go out there and cut a promo about whatever. And by the end of that promo. Even if it's like a two-minute promo. Like, it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be like he's pontificating for 20 minutes. For two minutes, he can go out there and talk about this promo. And by the end of the promo, I'm like, holy shit. Like, I want to see this match, or I want to see what he's doing, or I want to see this. And I care. And that's Eddie Kingston to me. Like, Eddie Kingston is a guy. Like, he's – and he – I said this, I believe, recently on the show. It's like he is like Dusty Rhodes. And that Dusty Rhodes, everyone years later, decades later talks about oh dusty Rhodes hard times like people always repeat hard times as one of the greatest promos of all time because he went out there and he spoke and the way it resonated with you it like oh my god he's talking to me like or <clears throat> you felt it like you understood what he's talking about and to me that's Eddie Kingston I just go out there and talk about something especially when he's talking about like I've had demons and etc about this and it's like I oh my god like I this guy has gone through some stuff. I've gone through some stuff. Maybe not like addiction issues or whatever, demons, but everyone can like relate to him in some way. They can commiserate in some way to him. Yeah. And him going out there and cutting a promo, it's like I'm invested in what he's saying. Like it, even if it's like it's, it's not even something that I'm like. It's like I I have not had a chance to see any of the stuff he did in like the G1, but. Like anything he does, I'm kind of like following. I'm kind of invested in. So like, yeah, Eddie Kingston. I agree. Like, Eddie, I think Eddie Kingston. It's a bad time because like MGF is kind of like a face. But yeah. like if if you had Eddie Kingston as world champion, even if it's like he's gonna be world champion for like literally a week, I'd be <laughs> I would think it's I'd be like, thrilled with it. He's amazing. It's like that's a dude who could could effectively like. That's that's he, if he retired the next day, it's like he was champion. It's like it's amazing. But I mean, this is a guy who it's it's 2023 and like when he oh, I forget when he came into AEW like 21 at least maybe no, by 2020. He came, he came he challenged Cody huh? August of 2020 is when he made his first. Okay, appearance. so he's been with the company now three years. It's like that's mm-hmm. a dude who is going to retire and then sign with AEW and has been so amazing and since then it's like it's awesome and this guy has had such an amazing 2023 
even though he hasn't done like a ton in AEW necessarily, like he has done a lot and he's been just doing a lot of Japan stuff. It's like, that's like his dream. Like that yeah. dude, like if that, that dude is now uh, like New Japan strong champion, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. And he, he met up with Kawada, who's like his hero. He's been doing stuff. He did G1 in New Japan. It's like that dude has like lived life. And like this guy who was like, we're going to retire like two, three years ago. It's like three years ago. Yeah. So retire. Like, yeah, I'm done. We talked about how like, and this is like three, three. It's like, I'm going to sell my boots, like make money to make ends meet. Yeah. yeah. And now it's like, this guy's live, living his dream. Not just living his dream. Like he continues to wrestle and everything. It's he living his dream. It's like, he loves Japan wrestling. And it's like, he's been in Japan wrestling. He's meeting up with like idols. Yeah. That he has been a fan of. Since he was probably like, let's go back, like, if he's like a fan of 90s, all Japan. And he's like, uh, in his late 30s, early 40s, something like that. It's like, all right, this dude was literally like a, a, a kid, effectively, like, watching mm-hmm. this stuff. He's like meeting up with his idols. It's like, yeah. he's and this is life. this is the thing that he credits that he is not in jail or dead in the street for, was because yeah. this is what he saw and wanted to do. Like, this was what he credits for giving him direction in life like mm. how can you not cheer for this guy yeah. <laughs> right i can't believe no, and it's re- yeah I it's a redemption story i legitimately can't believe that kawada came to starcast and didn't think anyone would want to see him yeah <laughs> that was a story that broke over the weekend is that uh kawada came to kawada came to starcast uh and i guess said like oh i i he came but allegedly was like, yeah, I don't know that anyone's going to like want to see me. And it's like, I don't think I, I think the dude like got wrestling. It just has not paid attention for like the 15, 20, the fact like, the 15 years or so he's been out of it. I don't think he paid attention. I don't think it's I like, don't think that some of those guys from like the 90s actually know how much like all Japan like penetrated into America yeah, either. I don't think he realized it. And it's like, dude, like you are beloved, like mm-hmm. people love you. Not the least of which like Eddie Kingston. Um, so what I'm going to do here is I'm going to go ahead. We're, we're talking about Japan. I'm going to go ahead and, and make my poll from what I have seen of people from the new Japan roster who I've enjoyed the most, uh, has been, uh, Tomohiro Ishii. Cause the guy has, how can I best put this? The guy has an approach, a look and a style. Like the whole thing blends together very well and it's different then like it is very much his own it, you, you don't find somebody else that does the same kind of thing and the you know the name the the stone pit bull mm-hmm. um really it fits, fits. yeah it fits he is you know he's, he's got the he he looks like that if if he you saw like a, a fire hydrant if you saw a fire hydrant just like stand up on the street and walk somewhere that's what it is and he looks just as tough as that and he he uses yeah, I've got a soft spot for someone who uses a does a good brain buster as a finish. Like I, I will admit, I have not seen as much New Japan as these other two guys have. But from the people I've gotten to see, I have enjoyed watching Ishii the most. Yeah, he's uh, he's consistently entertaining, and he has been. Yeah. Um, he's a guy that. He's, I think, like mid forties now, uh, or even late forties. Mm-hmm. So I think 
I think the time to put like the title on him, if they were gonna put the title on him, like at that ship already sailed like a long time ago. And he's, he's kind one... of he's kind of a mid card to upper mid card guy anyway. Yeah. Um. But if there was there was probably a time like they could have. Forty seven. Oh, uh, forty seven. Okay. He he. There was a time like they could have probably put the title on him and it would have been like believable. But now it's like he's a little he's a little older, so it's like they wouldn't do that to go with the younger talent but still like he he's a fantastic worker and he has i think he's beloved by so many people uh so i think he's like he's said but basically like i i'm i'm a big fan of him too like he is a really fun guy to watch and he's had like five star matches with guys before he seems to bust that out he almost seems like he has like a five star match every year oh yeah uh, he it, always ha- and it's always it's never you never see it coming either. Like you'll just, yeah. you'll just like hear like, oh, Ishii had like a really great match. You look up like, he had a good match with that guy. Because <laughs> I think it was last year, him and Shingo had like a ridiculously good match. I'm not that surprised by that, just because Shingo is a good worker too. And he also has so. one of my favorite tag teams with Toru Yano. okay uh here's what i'm gonna do with my last one and this this was my wwe pick and it was it was really tough because this was down between they're they're not on the same show and so you've got this competing thing going on stuff and one of them is more of a character guy and the other is more of an in-ring guy and oddly enough i found myself leaning over towards the character i Almost put down Gunter, formerly known as Walter. But I am actually hugely impressed with what Eli Drake, now known as L.A. Knight, has managed to do. The the mm. crap hand he was dealt and then was like, that's fine. You know what? You're giving me pocket twos and I'm going up against everybody else. I'm going to make this work. And he has done it consistently. And he has done outstanding mic work. He gets one segment on a show and goes out there and blows the roof off the place. Even if he's not like picked up his big definitive win really yet, Mm -hmm. the everyone is still crazy for him. They still want to see this guy. They still want to hear him. They want to interact with him. And it's like, there is no possible way. There is no possible, they have to do something with this. They are resisting it with every fiber of their being right now. Yep. And he is overcoming that with just the sheer charisma. The sheer force of personality he's putting out there is pushing that water uphill, and I am in awe of it, which it is really, why he's it, my WWE pick. It really, He really shows me why Triple H isn't a good booker. Because you have this guy that got really hot and you have him working with like absolute coolers in the Miz and like, um, oh, what the fuck's their name? Hmm. Top dollar and the other. Oh, uh, he didn't really work with them. He just came out and beat them up like they'd be out there trying to cut a heel promo and he just shows up and kicks the crap out of. Them. Well, then people were like, well, the match with the Miz kind of sucked. I'm like, it's because the Miz isn't very good anymore because he hasn't been the same since he tore his. ACL. Yeah. It, his, his ring work hasn't been the same. Look, I actually give The Miz 
a lot of credit because he went from being that guy who is on the ECW show, who was that jack off from Road Rules or Real World or whatever it was. Road Rules, I think. Hey, was it? I think it was Road Rules. It, yeah, Road one Rules. of one of the first MTV reality shows. He went from being that guy to honest to God learning, learning very well, and for a number of years pulled his own weight and did great. And you know what? I have so much respect for him pulling that off. That being said, he's on the downslide. He's not as capable in the ring as he was, even though working a safe style gave him a lot more longevity than you would think. But man, LA Knight's still making it work. He comes, LA Knight comes up with some of the most blistering lines I've heard in promos in a long time. Mm. And he's just making all of this work. He, I, Honest to God, I feel like he is going to be undeniable for getting that that uh, that rocket push. I think he's going to I think I think we're going to be talking about him in a year and it's going to be like Sami Zayn now. Where it's like, hey, remember, like when he got super over and they didn't do anything with him. I don't think he's going to cool off. I, I I don't know why. It's just a gut feeling. It, I, think I don't think he's he, going to get there. I don't think he will cool off unless they do their typical we're going to make you not care about them stuff, which they haven't done yet. I did. I did want to mention Walter real quick though. Yeah. Um, Isn't it funny how when you have everyone having a record breaking title reign at the same time that his icy title, like breaking of the record doesn't mean a damn thing because like three other people are on like uber long title reigns. Yeah, um, I personally feel like I would not have had him. I someone brought up a point which I've been obsessed with, so it's like it's just maybe it's idiosyncratic to me. But someone was like, no one should beat the Honk Tonk Band's like reign. It should be like this dumb gimmick <laughs> character <laughs> should have should just for in perpetuity like have the longest reign. Like they literally like if some if Honk Tonk Man, I just I don't know how long his reign is, but let's say it's like 500 days. Like someone should literally get to like four ninety nine and then like lose it. So it's no, like no. It, what they should do is you should have someone get to four ninety nine, and the honky tonk <laughs> man comes out of the crowd and clubs them with the guitar so they lose. Yeah. Like that's um, what I would have done. I'm not surprised that that Gunther, uh, is gonna, or is. I think it's like I think he has like the Friday, but they're they're not planning on having him losing it before then. So, um. He, it's not surprising because they made a comment like with uh, they made some sort of comment with Roman like back in like months ago or weeks ago that it was like, oh, like the WWE is is like kind of redoing their their. Uh, they're like greatest hits. No. Uh, what is the way they records? Phrase? Yeah, they're like they're they're kind of like trying to establish their their records now, like. Like they're modernizing it or something like that. And it's like, okay, so like this record from like the 80s, like you just you want to get rid of it. It's wrestling, but it's like they want to get rid of it just so they can be like, yeah, Gunther is like the longest reigning international champion. And it's like it means nothing. Like they devalued everything so much, even the world championship. They devalued yeah. everything so much to the point where it's like it doesn't matter anymore. So it's like the, the, the problem all this stuff to try and set the record. It's like it means nothing. Well, it also doesn't mean anything when like Bianca Belair just set the record for the longest reigning women's champion 
which at the time that didn't mean anything because Roman Reigns was like on is on this stupidly long title reign. And, you know, Gunther was also obviously going to break the IC title reign like six months ago. Mm. And it doesn't mean anything because when you do it all at the same time, like it devalues each. Like they kind of negate each other. I mean, they weren't going to do it, but like, I almost kind of like I almost good... kind of wanted them. I almost kind of wanted them to have Warsh Cassidy like hold the championship as long as Roman or longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it would have worn out its welcome at that point. Yeah. But, but I think I think Roman not being on the shows for months at a time, like they did with Brock, like devalues the title. That absolutely, in my opinion, devalues the title. Because it's like, if you're going to have him be like Orange Cassidy, where it's like, he has like, has like 31 defenses, something like that. It's like, within like, I think he was champion less than a year. Let's even say it was a year. It's like, okay, that's, that's 31 championship. Like 31 actually opponents 31 wins uh that's at least as much if actually not actually more than roman in like three years it's like okay like it's ridiculous well you can't count like and i mean like the the j i think it was funny that all those people were like oh this is about jay so that they did the SummerSlam thing and it just fell on its face because no one gave a shit about jay so like yeah like the normal people said Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think so. I I've enjoy, I think why L.A. Knight is so over though is because it doesn't feel like he's reading off a script. Well, I think I I would agree. I think that's exactly why he's over because it feels different. It feels like it feels organic. It's it, to the extent that it is, and it is kind of is organic, mm-hmm. which is probably why they're like uh, falling, tripping all over themselves, like not push him, not do anything. It's like. This is so different than 25 years ago, let's say, when it's like, uh, you know, the Monday Night Wars or back in the Attitude Era, all that. Where it's like if a guy was getting organically over like this, you'd have been like, no, we need to like strap a rocket to this guy's ass and like see how far this goes with it. Where now, and I feel this is, it's been this way for like 15 years, and maybe ever since they went public, it's like, oh, it's not what we planned. Oh, we can't make that happen. It's like, no, maybe go with it. Like you see what's going to happen. But it's like it's not it's not in their plan. So they're like, oh, let me actively like not push him or even punish him. Yeah. I remember like in 2018 or yeah, I think it's 20. Well, it might have been 2019, uh, like a fall of 2019. When, like they wanted Becky. They did like the Adam Becky Lynch is like blowing up. That was very organic. And they were adamant. It's like, oh, Becky Lynch is a heel. It's like literally no one wants this. No one wants her as a heel. Like the crowds are going crazy for her as a face. Like, and you're trying to force her to be healed. Stop doing that. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. That's my, my WWE pick of, of best contemporary person I like to watch is going to go to L.A. Knight. Mm. So that's my five right there. That's Moxley, Orange Cassidy, Eddie Kingston, L.A. Knight, and Tomohiro Ishii. Okay, I guess I'll, I'll do mine real quick here. So I okay. have Kenny Omega, who I still say is the GOAT. Okay. And he's lost a step due to injury, but I mean, he's had a good year this year. Quite a stunningly good year. So then, um, I had Orange it, Cassidy too. Oh, okay. Go ahead. What were we going to say on Omega? Yeah. Look, I, I've said it before that Omega is not my kind of guy, but I have more appreciation for him now than I used to. And Brad made a really good point. Omega's standard spots are, they're honestly, they're not complicated. They're not difficult. 
which makes them easy to chain together. And from watching it, his Snapdragon suplexes are really safe, but they look great. Mm. Um, like, I have a far deeper appreciation for the guy than I used to. He's still not my guy. But, I mean, and people getting mad that he's working in tags and trio stuff right now. It's like, come on. He just came off huge, huge surgeries from having this crazy run of doing single stuff. Let him work some tags and trios and that sort of thing so that he's not putting miles back on his body as hard as he was. So he can, you know, he can have more to his career as opposed to flaming out. You know what I find funny is um, the people that criticize him, their criticisms don't match how he actually wrestles. And a lot of those people will turn around and like praise Seth Rollins. And it's like, but Seth Rollins wrestles exactly like you say Kenny Omega does. Yeah. Because yeah. the thing, the thing that people I don't think realize about Kenny Omega is, and Shad just said it, he has a very simplistic offense, but that makes it, that makes him very flexible because you can mix and match it how you want. And it's very easy to incorporate your opponents into it. Whereas like where Seth Rollins runs into problems is his offense is very elaborate and mm. You know, like the superplex into the Falcon Arrow, you then you have to contrive to hit that every match. Yeah. And you don't have yeah. to contrive to hit like a V trigger. You don't have to contrive to hit the Snapdragon suplex, you know, or to do like your dive off the out of the ropes. Like you don't have to contrive that stuff because that that will naturally occur like in almost any match. Yeah, you don't have to overdo it that way. Okay, I'm sorry, Brad. I I, I jumped in on that. I, I know, kind of fine. agree. I, I kind of agree with you, Brad. That that Kenny is definitely in like goat status, and that sets. And we're not exactly going on a limb there, but I I agree with you, and I I think I share your thought that it's like Kenny has done too many things that he doesn't I don't feel like belong in that conversation. Like he, the man was putting on like match of the years or five star matches when he was like literally broken down. Like mm-hmm. busted up shoulders, knees, hernia, vertigo. It, it's like it's yeah. it's insane. Like the the level of things that he was doing. That match he had with Danielson in AEW, where like they went mm-hmm. a half hour and it was like nothing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and uh, it's it, there's so much has happened this year that you forget about it. But it's like between Forbidden Door and uh, and Wrestle Kingdom, it's like he might have he it, it, his the two matches he's has will osprey like are are within the conversation and for best of the year and, and he they, had it the, might either one of those might be best of the year when it's and, all said and done and he had the l vikanum like like and yeah viking yeah yeah like and that's a guy who like he's come back from injury but uh it's he's it's amazing like the things he can do and there people actually have like like all to like bitch about the fact that at all in he was in like a multi match. It's like well he actually had a singles match with uh Takashida on all out. But it's like okay, like the dude is in his late thirties, but it's like he had horrific injuries. It's like God forbid the guy who could still work at like an insane level. 
like god forbid he actually maybe wants to mostly or at least half the matches he does in a year like wants to do like multi-matches or tag matches my thing it's is like it, maybe he wants to like save himself so he can still do yeah, this when like, he's like 45 let's say it's it's obvious he wants to have four to six like excellent singles matches a year and then conserve mm-hmm. between those like that's about what he's done so far that's incredibly reasonable yeah that's what that's what a lot of guys should be doing honestly to like extend their careers but so okay i had orange cassidy um we kind of went over why he's excellent uh he's Uh probably i don't think i we'll see what happens by the end of the year i'm gonna have to watch more stuff but he's not like outside of wrestler of the year consideration for me and he's in the match of the year with moxley for me Mm -hmm. um we just talked about him i'll viking viking go which, mm-hmm. if I any other situation, I could say that. Uh, excellent match with Kenny Omega. <laughs> I like the Mike Bailey match. Um, the Triple Mania match was pretty good. Mm. And um, he, there's just something special when you see he's going to be on a show. And then I have Sami Zayn, who's been horribly wasted this year. He single-handedly single-handedly took a an angle running on fumes and infused it with just incredible heat which got pissed away for another three months after that now he's not as over anymore because they've they have him job in singles all the time yeah like why are they pushing damian priest no one gives a flying shit about damian priest uh, another guy who's that the, the, one of the knocks on uh, on them not pushing uh, L.A. Nice. Oh, he's old, and it's like he's actually like like a few months younger than Damian Priest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my last one, um, because she's had a pretty excellent year, and I think she's really elevated her star status a lot this year. But uh, Julia would be my my number five. Oh yeah, I got I for a second there I was like, who? But uh, it's it, Julia from Stardom. Like yeah, uh, she's the current New Japan Strong Women's Champion. She beat Willow Nightingale for that. Willow Nightingale, I believe. I mean, let's be honest. Like she was not. I don't think she was supposed to win the New Japan Strong no. uh, Championship, but she wrestled Mercedes Monet, the former Sasha Banks, and Sasha broke, broke her leg during that yeah match so it was like on the fly she was like you gotta go over and so willa won and then she lost julia and then julia has uh had a couple uh defenses seems like she's gonna be a fighting champion she just faced uh i think risa sarah yeah and, i think so uh, yeah in a match uh and she has called out a bunch of people one of them being like sari who's uh formerly from wwe nxt uh, that seems like that's probably going to be the next match for Julia. And she, one of the people she called out was Mercedes uh, Monet. So I think that's going to be, that's probably going to be like another big match coming up. Um, Julia is someone who I've, I've, I've shared with people before. It's like, she's probably going to, it would not surprise me if down the road you see her in AEW or WWE. Like, I think she's going to come to America once her contract is up i'd be surprised if she doesn't just because she i think has a lot of star appeal like she's a very good worker she's very attractive she um has like star appeal like she comes off like a star which yeah. is hard 
for some people, especially if coming from a different culture like Japan, to really make happen. But I think she she has it, so it would not surprise me. So yeah, I would agree with that one. She, um, I even I of all mm. people, even I have seen rumblings about her coming to, uh, you know, coming to America, and it's like, well, you know. If she has had, because you guys have kind of told me a little here and there about the the run that she's had. It's like, if she's been having that kind of run and doing that kind of stuff, then I don't understand why not. Now, I would, this is my bias showing, I would be kind of shocked to see her sign with WWE, but I don't know, maybe looking at going from the Japan grind to the WWE grind, she's just like, yeah, whatever. Doesn't matter. I can handle this. And um, just rolls with it. But mm. I don't know, man. It, it's, it, it's a... I, I, I would be kind of surprised by that, but it's not my place to say, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I've seen the rumblings. Like, oh yeah, after this, she's going to come to America. That's what's... That's Quint's going to be coming down the pike. I'll laugh when the WWE stands get excited and she signs with AEW. <laughs> Actually, I think I think I think either company is a decent choice for her. I think she would probably have better matches with the AEW crew, but I think like um, uh, this is I I know people would probably get mad if I said this, but I think she's attractive enough that she won't get too chomped up in the wwe machine but oh okay they don't give a shit unless you're charlotte or becky well no and my fear is like they would for waste god knows how long (laughs) in nxt yeah to learn their style and And it's like she doesn't she's a great worker and i mean look how they 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 did that with they did it with sari to the point where she was finally like, yeah, no, like, I'm kind of over this. The best then, woman wow. they had in NXT and they wasted her. But, but look at, like, look at what they did with um, Shayna Baszler. Mm. Like, I don't think she'll ever be, like, a star on the main roster because she just lacks what WWE crowds want. But they had Ronda give her, like, the rub and they 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 did such a stupid match that was so boring, like, she didn't get any benefit from being put over. Mm. So, I yeah. mean, like, it's just, I don't think they're ever going to get the women right. And Triple H is honestly worse with them than Vince was. Uh, people have made a point to note the time that is spent on women's matches. Uh, and it's neither here nor there, except for the fact people have this whole thing in the WWE, and it's like, uh, I mean, people have noted, like, in some weeks, it's like on Monday Night Raw, which is a three-hour program, the women's matches have had, like, three minutes, and it's like, I mean, there's, there's some weeks where, like, like, there's some weeks where I don't even know if there's 40 minutes of wrestling on Raw. Mm. Okay. Because I think SmackDown, there's weeks it doesn't even have a half hour. All right, Brad. I was running, trying to run back over yours in my head. Did did you hit all five of them? Yeah, Omega, 
Zane, Vikingo, Cassidy, Julia. And Julia. Okay. All right. I got you. I got you. So, Matt, that, that comes over to you. Uh, I'm going to choose... So, you guys have kind of, like, chosen a lot of guys I would have taken. I would have taken, like, Eddie <laughs> Kingston. I would have taken Orange. Okay. Um, I'm just going to randomly go... Uh, and I'll be quick, because we've, we've gone on and discussed it. So, I'll I'll just and, choose and some guys, I think. we're double recording tonight, guys, so we're, we're getting a little... Yeah. Long in Energy level's going down, yeah. 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 So, I will, um... I'll choose some guys that I think I, I either like or I think it's almost like an honorable mention. It's like guys who have not been chosen by either Brad or Shad, but I think are great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for I'll, for AEW, I'll probably let's see. I'll probably pick like three guys from AEW. I'll be fair. I'll spread it around a little bit. Um, Darby Allen. Okay. Uh, I love Darby Allen. I think he's like a great worker. Um, obviously, like I think he started the year where he like won the TNT title from Joe. Uh, and they lost it again. But he is a guy like they they keep going back to. He's like an AEW star. He's he's made comments where he's like he wants to remain with AEW basically like for his career. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the fact, especially when they did the whole pillar uh, feud uh, briefly, like he he's shown like he actually can cut a really good promo. Um, I love the stuff. Obviously, the stuff he's he's doing with Sting is great. Sting's winding down his career, but they've already kind of established or tried to establish like Darby is like the next the next mentor. Uh, mm-hmm. He's learning things from Sting with Nick Wayne. Um, he's a guy like he. I also worry about. Uh, because it's like I, I don't want him his career to. Basically be like he's going to end sooner rather than later because he just is going too crazy. Um, but I don't know. Like, I think he's, I think he's great. I think he has like all the, the, I think he has all the tools. Like I would not surprise me if at the end of the day, he eventually becomes champion and mm-hmm. I'd be down for it. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think he's, reinvigorated his career but some of the stuff he's doing especially the character work he's doing is like next level but christian cage oh yeah um, christian cage i think is is like an amazing <laughs> heel the, uh, um, and... the memes about him like enjoyed dad's being dead because i think it was nyla rose that tweeted like um christian cage said hi to me and i had to run and call my dad to make sure he was still alive yeah the the post uh all out scrum he sits down and he sits down there at the table next to Tony Khan, and the first thing he says is, "How's everybody's dad doing?" It's just the straightest face. Yeah. I just, I am I, amazed. He's he's self aware. Like he, um, right before the match uh, at All In, with uh, with, with, with him and uh, and Swerve versus obviously Darby and Sting uh, in a coffin match. Like he was like. He, he fragged Nick Kane, Nick Wayne, sorry, Nick, Nick Wayne, not Nick Kane. Uh, he's like, yeah, I understand, like, your dad is dead. <laughs> it's like, but he was, like, fragging on the dad. Anybody important, but, you know, he's dead. Uh, it's, he's kind of leaning into it, but people obviously know what they want from him. Like, he, he like, said, he talked about, he started talking about Nick Wayne's uh, dad, who people, it, it's established that Nick Wayne's father's passed away. But he started mentioning him, and then he, like, just paused because he knew the crowd was going to react. Uh, 
he's fantastic. I don't know if you guys saw this. I forget what show it was on. I don't know if it was on Dynamite or Collision or something. But he actually had his, like, real daughter on. Did you guys mm-hmm. see that one? No, I did not. No? No. No, I don't think so. Oh, he had his daughter on. Like, she's young. Like, she's, like, like elementary school. She's not, I would even say she's, like, 10, probably. Okay. Uh, his daughter was on, and his daughter, like, he had the TNT title, which he technically doesn't own. He didn't win. It's Luchasaurus. But he's yeah. actually, like, he won I, it. I love, I love that gimmick. Oh, yeah. Because that is, such, like, people have done it in the past, but it's a very underutilized thing. But it's such a dirtbag move. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's fantastic. Anyway, like, she, uh... At one point, she turned to him and said, can I hold the title? And he looks at her and he's like, did you win this title? <laughs> yeah. He basically tells security, like, you should remo- remove her. Like, she <laughs> she doesn't, she doesn't need to be here. She's asking <laughs> the title. Like, get, get her out of here. And, like, basically had security remove his own daughter from the building. It's like, he is <laughs> such a good heel. And it's it's so obviously, it's it's very comedic. But he, I think, is on another level. He's, uh, he definitely won the Edge versus Christian um, comeback. Yeah. Oh yeah, and a lot of people, a lot of people expect Edge to sign with AEW, and I think there is like stuff they could do with Edge. Um, I, I think he'd be better. Uh, I think he'd be a better. I know. I don't say this to be mean. The reason I have misgivings, but I, 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 I don't mean this to be mean. He's not my cup of tea. But he should really retire because he can't. He just can't do it. Like his body just cannot handle doing it uh i would agree i also <laughs> i also feel i mean i will see but i i think he'd be a better use than like the hardys that's true I, I don't i guess I if he got into AEW and like he could bump how he wanted and like be less produced he might do a little better i think he'd be overall better than the hardys i i don't i don't begrudge uh tony Khan for hiring the hardys i do think like there's there was some utility to like the hardys against like the boss and other people but it's like they're both pretty broke they're I, so broken down it's I like did, i think matt God hardy get out of them matt hardy does have one of my favorite AEW moments where they did the 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 all-out match and it's him chasing um, Sammy Guevara in a field shooting fireworks uh, yeah. at him. Yeah. And then he, and then the, uh, oh, Sammy, get up or an old man will say we're working a mud show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think Cage is great. So that's two of my choices. Uh, a third of mine, I won't elaborate too much other than I think the key people that have a lot of like conflicting thoughts about him in New Japan. But for the time he's been with with AEW, and I'm only basing this purely on his like collision work, but Jay White I think is amazing. Mm. I think he's a good worker. I don't have like the misgivings that people have, but I think he's actually he has been, been better in AEW than I think. He's I I, I agree. I I absolutely agree, and I think he's been great. I think a good worker. I think he's been entertaining. And him uh, and Juice uh, together really works. Oh my God, yes, yes. Juice has been like on another level too, like. Juice has been crazy, <laughs> and him with the basically like the car the the <laughs> the card version of Jay White, yeah, uh, card blade, card blade, yeah. I think yeah. he's been like fantastic. Yeah, uh, you know, we really need like, to. He Juice really doesn't get the credit for being a guy 
who when he was a jobber in NXT bet on himself when everyone thought he was crazy and he made it work. Oh, he absolutely made it work. And he I, has been, he has taken it to another level in AEW. Like for the last, like basically two months, he's been fantastic. I love someone once, just someone last week, mm-hmm. uh, I, we were, we were talking and someone said, okay, I haven't been watching much. Can you describe juice Robinson for me? And the guy goes, he's Florida man. If he were a wrestler, Kind of. And I just started laughing because I was like, <laughs> he's kind of a, that's a hell of a way to do he's it. He's kind of a very toned down modern day macho man in his own way. Yeah, and, he I, I got the guy credit like he's he's just he's really I, I mean, I'm talking about Jay White is like I'm, I, I'm like my pick and he is. But she's drops and it's almost like a. Uh, honorable mention like he it's, is just highly entertaining it's like it's like juice robinson has been waiting for this like his entire mm-hmm. career and he's like taking it for every mm-hmm. every yeah. inch he can he's got the opportunity and he is going for it yeah uh some people have said and i think this is true like jay turn back to jay white like people have like argued like jay white's gonna be AEW champion and I, I could see that happening at some point and like, i oh, think yeah I think he's showing why he was better to sign here than WWE because if he was oh, in WWE, he'd be he'd be like jobbing to like the Miz right now. Yeah. The uh, uh, yeah. Go ahead. The other thing that I love this this brings Jay White to is assembling Bullet Club Gold together in its current form has really really worked because you know there was concern that. You bring the guns in with them, it's like, well, are you going to kill their momentum? But as it turns out, these guys have gone together like chocolate and peanut butter. And then you take the guns, and I'm going to be honest, frankly, staggering entrance. Like, their entrance is amazing. Yeah, it's great. And then Jay White and Juice drop into it, so you have like a, a four cardinal directions pan around of all four of them. And it, man, it just works and you it, it pans around where juice is and he just looks at the camera and freaks out at it. it like these guys have put together something that's i don't want to say very quietly but it it has not like jumped to the forefront for everybody but it has been like hey by the way we're awesome and they, um... now now without without a certain someone uh, helming collision is like they're going to get bigger and bigger roles out of they it. They really, I mean, they deserve a lot of credit for taking being a punchline and like really taking that momentum and doing something with it. Yeah. yeah. And I have to say, I also love the um, the trios title that um, Billy got the daddy ass and um, the acclaimed have. Yeah. Yeah. That the belts to themselves. Yes. <laughs> The ends on the belts are scalloped, so you can scissor the belts. <laughs> yeah, so, I, have you guys been, been – I know Shad was earlier this year, but when, when, we, when I went to Dynamite, I was shocked. Like, almost every woman there had, like, a scissor-me daddy-ass shirt on. Mm. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. They're just – they are so crazy over – and yeah, I mean, House of Black was doing well, but I think the trio's titles on them is a good place to be. Hey, yeah. Is this the most over Billy Gunn's ever been like in his career? 
like on his like on his own merits uh that's tough to say because i mean like dx back in the day was real big yeah but he was like the fourth most ever member of dx well yeah. the new age the new age outlaws just by themselves were over really big too but that was yeah. that was because of road dog though That's it, what it, I mean. it is not... it is crazy how over he is at like yeah 60 or close to 60 he like hits like 59 or something like he's yeah. majorly over but uh on just by himself just as himself sure uh, I'll, I'll give you that one yeah he has so much fun though. That's what I. That's what just like. I think that's what helps some of these guys get over like an older age. Like especially someone like him. I think it's just like it's hard to not root for him when he's obviously having so much fun. Yeah, I think that you know the, the announcers love to get. Oh, he's just having fun, Maggle. It's like, but as it turns <laughs> out, Maggle. Yeah, as it turns out. Guys who are out there that are doing gimmicks they enjoy and are having a good time with it. As you already said, I think Juice Robinson's a great example. Honestly, I think the guns are a great example, too. These guys have have figured out their stuff and are having a ball with it. And I think the crowd, in general, loves seeing people doing gimmicks they love doing and just key to it. Because it makes it more fun to watch. You you can't tell me that Adam Cole and MJF are not just giddy inside that the entire building pops when they just point at each other and say double clothesline. I, I have to say this is the best Adam Cole's ever been in his entire career. I as sure before I'm not I've never been like an Adam Cole fan. Not that I I hate him, but it's like he I He just never did much for me. He never did much for me, but I, I would agree. Like this is the most I've found Adam Cole to be entertaining. To the point where, I, like, I, when he started, like, the first year he was with AEW, I was like, they were using him way too much. Like, I'm, I'm out. Uh, but now I feel like since he's come back from his injury, uh, not that I have, like, the sympathy for him, but it's also, like, I actually feel like they've been using him in the right way. Where it's, like, he's not the focal point of everything. Like, this right. stuff with – the stuff that he's doing with MJF I think is highly entertaining. I think it's – being done in a really subtle way that's kind of organic and it's it, they're giving it room to breathe uh it's 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 amazing in which i not to go back to her, like talking about cm punk again i think that was like that's something that Meltzer mentioned it's like that was kind of like i'm sure what probably one of the things that set him off was that like he wasn't on a, an episode of collision but mjf and adam cole was and the ratings actually like went up <laughs> it's but, like yeah it's like the hottest angle in AEW right it's, now it's yeah. actually it's actually what I, I said about Adam Cole for I think eight years now and they finally got it and it's worked is they Ring of Honor WWE and AEW for a while tried to use him as the cool heel and he's not cool there's nothing about Adam Cole that's cool why he's working right now is because he's a cornball goof yeah like, they're not trying to make him cool. He's just being himself. He's being a cornball, like, weirdo. Mm. And it's great. Yeah, it's it's really working. Matt, where did we cut you off on your list, uh, I, only did, I only did three. I'll, I'll do my last two, like, uh, quickly. Um, I'll, I'll skip the WWE. Um, there actually are a few guys I would pick. I probably would have picked LA Knight, because uh, I think he's, like, highly entertaining. I'm actually going to go with a guy who you've mentioned before, Gunther, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Walter. Um, I, again, I actually do believe like he should not have, he should not beat the international uh, intercontinental championship reign. 
Uh, he's going to. Uh, I don't think I know who cares really. And he, like, has he had one memorable like moment during the whole reign? Uh, I mean, if you care about if you care about wrestling and like work rate, then the match he had with uh with Sheamus, I think was it was it Clash of the Castle? I, I think it was. Yeah. Match he had with Sheamus, like Meltzer rated five stars. Like that's probably like deserves to be on like your match of the year i don't know though list. because granny doesn't like him and i mean if granny doesn't like him i, oh, I well. have to question the quality gunther is a guy who arguably should be like the main heel of the company like he he should be a guy i mean this was back in the day i know he's like slimmed down a ton but back in the day it's like this is a guy who would have like beaten the shit out of hogan they would have gotten like six months of like main events and then like hogan would have it would have been like that would have been like the main event of of WrestleMania, like Gunther Walter versus Hulk Hogan. Like he he's that guy who should be like the main guy. He should be main eventing WrestleMania. Yeah, uh, and, and he's someone who back in the day wasn't going to be because he was like, oh yeah, I don't want to like. He didn't want to live in the United States. Yeah, but he I I he may have been married before. I don't know. He he that and then he's in a he's in a long-term relationship with uh jenny who used to be in nxt uk who's no longer even a wrestler but yeah they're like together and he's changed his attitude obviously because he's like he's very heavily in the united states but it's like they won't do anything with him besides the intercontinental title because everything is the roman show even though roman fucks off for like six months on vacation throughout the year but it's like that's a guy who should be like one of the main guys uh, and isn't. But. No, he did, and I. I only think he broke the rain because they kind of like forgot about him for a kinda. year. <laughs> yeah. He has. But, he has yeah. though. He has some of my like. Obviously, I've talked about on the show forever, but his match with PCO at Spring Break was one of the most batshit things I've ever seen. And um, the match he had in NXT with oh, what's his name. Um. Uh, Ilya Dragunov. Yeah, that match they had like at one of the takeovers was just like excellent. First one or second one? Second one. Yes, the second one was was great. It was it was Dragunov just just gutting it out to finally finally put him down. Mm. It was great. It really was. Uh, yeah, I, I would choose Gunther. And my final one, uh, I'm actually gonna go to Stardom. You. You picked Julia, Brad. I'm actually going to go with Mina Shirakawa. Only because, like, Mina... Mina's amazing in the sense that Mina... I, I would almost compare her to Trish Stratus in a sense. Because Trish Stratus was hired as... Because she was, like, a fitness model. She was obviously, like, very attractive. And she was, like, eye candy. And then somewhere along the way, Trish Stratus was like, no, I'm actually going to, like, apply myself and I'm actually going to try to become, like, a good, like, wrestler. And... For the time that she was doing that, like the, I don't know if you'd say like Diva's era, but like she actually became like pretty competent. Uh, nowhere near what the level of women's wrestling is now, but it's like she actually improved herself. For, for her level of experience and the fact that like she probably had to fight tooth and nail to like to um, get serious training, she did okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, I think she was good for the time. And that's almost like Mina Shirakawa in the sense that she was someone who, like, her nickname, even in stardom, 
was oh she's big boob girl <laughs> it's <laughs> like she's obviously she's actually quite busty but it's like she that was like her initially she was part of like the cosmic angel faction which is like you know like uh was kind led of by, like the pretty princess yeah. stable yeah and was more like oh she's she's almost like eye candy than like a worker and then along the way in the last like year or two she has kind of been like fuck it i'm actually gonna become like a good worker and has i would say dramatically improved her ability and they they totally screwed her in the spring they did they did but she like it's i you have to pay attention to joshi wrestling and start in particular to really get it but it literally is like it's it's like folks it, it's stark like she went from basically being like eye candy to being like an actual competent even good worker having good matches with people and i mean they screwed her over but she was like a, a preeminent babyface for like a time in yeah. in the company so it's like it's it's kind of amazing like i don't i can't very pasteurized too yeah i can't necessarily think of a man i compared to trish stratus only because like trish stratus was like just higher for eye candy then it became pretty good it's like i actually would say mina's much better than trish stratus ever was it was the meteoric rise because like even mm-hmm. even like last year like in the spring of last year she was still mm-hmm. kind of just like a face in the crowd yeah but she became really good she uh, even though they kind of screwed her over, they did. She did have like a good 2020. She's had a good 2023 yeah. because she basically formed her own staple uh, called Club Venus uh, with varying results. Like most of the workers that she's worked with have not been like great. I mean, they had like Waka, who's like a stardom staple, and Mirai, people love Mirai's Waka. okay. Uh, well, no, Mirai is in um, God's Eye. Yeah. Uh, Maria May was with uh, Club Venus, and Maria May maybe even done with stardom. And yeah. there are rumors that she's signed with AEW or WWE. I think she used to be with a- with WWE, like, a, uh, I think, in like, their, I don't, I mean, she may have been, like, NXT UK. I don't know. But <laughs> I don't know where she is. I think AEW, like, if they did sign her, like, that's a good pick because she's actually developed pretty good if you watch her this year. Um, but anyway, like, Mina Shirakawa is my pick because she actually improved a lot to the point where I should say it's, like, she's pretty good. And she has more of a standing. I don't, I hope that they don't fold her back into cosmic angels. Cause that'd be yeah. like, I think a loss. Cosmic angels kind of have a natural ceiling too, which I think would hamper her. I, we could go into Joshi wrestling, which I won't bore people with necessarily right now, but it's like, I am not sold on the Tam Nakano. No, I know a lot of people love her, but she just has, um, I'm not even saying she's, she's a good worker, but like, there's just something that, she doesn't there's just something about her that doesn't do it for me i'm she's i don't know that i would i shouldn't say this just a comparison just because like i don't i wouldn't necessarily compare that because i even though i don't he's not my favorite i actually would argue he's a good worker but like to me she's almost like uh like sean michaels in the sense that she's really popular with people and i would even say like she's a good worker but there, I, Shawn Michaels was always someone who's like, eh, he doesn't connect with me. Like, I, I I, like him, air quotes. I think he's a good worker. But I've never been like, oh, Shawn Michaels, like, he's great. No, so, and, like, there's just so many, like, and, I mean, they're not full-timers, but, like, 
there's so many people from like other companies that have been in start. I'm like Suzu Suzuki, like Riza Sarah, like they're people like that, like really resonate with me a lot more than she does. Yeah. I do have, a, I do have a special honorable mention though. That's not mm-hmm. necessarily a wrestler, but he has like been one of the most entertaining parts of this year is uh, RJ city. Okay. That's not who I thought you were going to say, but RJ city's been pretty great. My, my favorite one of the thing, wrestling aunties. Yeah. Because my favorite, my favorite, well, there's been a lot of good ones this year, but Minoru Suzuki, like, being really offended by his loafers with no socks on, like, oh. really was hilarious. <laughs> Minoru oh. Suzuki is amazing. Then, uh, Minoru Suzuki is a guy who, like, believably is called Murder Grandpa, and then will show up in, like, Choco Pro with May uh, Segura. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, doing wacky stuff. <laughs> and then amazing. He, and then like the whole like thing with like the the best actor on wings was hilarious. Oh yes. Yeah. Tony gave, yeah, but he gave the right answer. Yeah. Yeah. So my best, favorite. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Matt. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Chad. I cut you off. But my my favorite R.J. City uh, moment from the year is him getting Hikaru Shida to be like, "That doesn't work for me, brother." Yeah. <laughs> and well, the the um. The one with the negative one was pretty good too because he's like, I don't know, maybe Tony just doesn't like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, RJ City's been great, and then also Stokely Hathaway has been. Oh yeah. Oh good. oh, we have to talk about that real quick. But um, when he tagged with Joe and they went to do the double team thing and he just pulled away and Stokely <laughs> fucking crumples in the ring. He just I, sack of potatoes right there on oh, the Oh, because. Because the Joe part was hilarious, but Stokely sold it so well. Oh, it's in there the whole time. Stokely Hathaway is amazing. They need to do more with him. Why did WWE not use him better? I don't get it. He's because they're like they, short. They're just not well, I guess, but they're just not. They they don't know how to use people. He was he's such an upgrade over uh, Mark Sterling. Yeah, such uh, an I upgrade. think. I think uh, guys, Mark Sterling has a place as a lower card heel manager. That's fine. Yeah. But Stokely is better. So Stokely does higher card stuff. It, mm. The guy's amazing. Just he, he he's just fantastic. I, I'm sorry, man. Go ahead. I, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> and she started winning more after she did that. Too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I I absolutely love the the what Joe doing that to him though I laugh so hard I still laugh at yeah. it sometimes. Yes, uh, just that visual by itself is just staggering. And the fact that Joe did it to his tag partner because he's such yes. a dick. Mm. Yep. And Stokely just crashes sack of potatoes laying there in the ring. And stays laying there till the ref has a towel and is like flapping it at him, trying to wake him up. I know. We, we, we didn't mention like Joe's Joe and the we last episode with the punk thing. Uh, but Joe, like Joe is a guy who was relegated in the WWE to basically be like an announcer when they used him at all. Mm-hmm. And went from that to like wrestling in front of 80 plus thousand people. And kind of his reef kind of refound himself in AEW to where like I don't think he's been this good of a worker in a decade. Oh yeah. And 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 it seems to be based upon uh 
what's been going on like the last few days with the uh, collision and all that other stuff like it seems like it's going or well, actually like all out too. it's it seems like it, we might get a at least a mini joe versus mjf feud nice like it's it's like he's this is a guy who's like in his mid 40s i don't know how old he is but he's like mid 40s like again he's another one of those guys like if he literally like tomorrow or after like let's say he has a match they get to a match with uh mjf it's like okay like he let's say he wrestles for the, the world title loses and the next day he's like yeah like had a good career done guys it's like that's a guy who can literally say like I went out on top. Like I wrestled in front of like eighty plus thousand people, largest paid wrestling crowd in forever. When I made, I, I made a lot of, the other company together. That, that yeah. was that was part of the punk story too. Was like Joe lost his shit and like drug him out there because he's like, "You're not yeah. costing me the chance to wrestle in front of eighty thousand people." And he yeah. shut it. Yeah, he shut it. He he drug punk on Twitter after that too. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he, I mean, he wasn't, I, I haven't, like, followed his, I haven't, like, stalked his feed, but I did see where he basically said, like, he made a comment. About people commod, like, commoditize it, commodify. Commodify their, yeah. their friendship yeah. with you, uh, which in a roundabout way is saying, like, some people are your friends, some people just are, you know, they, it's transactional. Like, they, you think they're your friends, like, they only want to use you for something. And to me, that was far more biting and, like, that if I was like if that was someone talking about me, I'd feel like such a piece of shit because I'd be like they oh my god like they don't view me as a real yeah. friend they just think that I just use them and like that would if I actually had shame which it's like who knows what CM Punk does but if I did I that would cut me to the bone like that would he has no shame that would feel like that's the worst like oh my god like that I feel but that to me is like absolutely biting but that to me was like the worst thing i don't know if he's made any other comments and said i don't know but i i think he's really benefited though because he obviously lost a good amount of weight when he came to AEW, and he's really benefited from that physically yeah all right well there we go guys top uh some top contemporary lists um if you're out there and you're thinking hey you know what's uh you left someone out please hit us up on social media or if you like our choices we would love to hear from you um i think we're getting into some south of the border stuff here soon for quite a while because we're going to be yeah. doing we we're supposed to do it this week but some things happened so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing a couple episodes on ray mysterio versus psychosis we're going to do a couple of introductory matches for shad and we are also going to be doing um we have to figure the timing out for these, but we're going to be because um, we kind of got messed up on our timing, but we're going to be doing the 90th anniversary CMML, CMLL show. Mm-hmm. But we wanted so. to do uh, we wanted to do some introductory stuff for Shad. So we're not tossing him into the deep end of like. <laughs> uh, help me get acclimated a little bit. Yeah. So. All right. Well, everybody out there, thank you for being with us. Pace up on social media. This is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three corners. You're in the fourth, and we will see you next time.